right, welcome back to the Pineapple Couch with B-Rob. Today is Monday, March 7th, and this is episode 152 of The Pod, and we are going to be talking about The Batman. Full spoiler review, so if you hadn't had the chance to check out the new Batman movie and you don't want anything spoiled, get on out of here, go see the movie, and then come back and listen to this conversation. Um, As always, if you like what you're listening to, you can subscribe to The Pineapple Couch on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. And check us out on YouTube too. We do weekly live streams every Thursday at 7 Pacific time. Um, So come by, hang out, drop some questions. And um, yeah, that's always fun. Um, And today I am joined as usual by my good friend, Peter Gonzalez. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm looking forward to just, I mean, I guess looking forward to discussing this very confusing Mm-hmm. situation yeah i i guess i i was gonna say the jim gordon to my batman peter oh, gonzalez okay, let's okay. talk about that first i know that's random but basically <laughs> folks we're gonna take a look at this movie it's a long movie it's kind of confusing but kind of not we're just gonna have a free-flowing conversation about this and one thing i want to start with is what i thought was really good about this movie was the relationship between Jim Gordon and Batman, um, uh, Jeffrey Watcher, or is it Jeffrey Watcher? Jeffrey Wright was the Watcher, Jesus. Jeffrey Wright, uh, I thought he was fantastic as Jim Gordon, and I really liked um, the vibe that they set of him within the Gotham GCPD, him whispering to Batman, obviously like telling Batman to punch him. I thought that was very good. Online, though, Peter, people are saying this is the best ever Jim Gordon Batman like dynamic. And it's like, OK, so are you saying it's just the best way they interact? Or are you saying this is the best Jim Gordon? Because I thought while this was great, this might be a theme of this podcast today. This doesn't hold a candle to Gary Oldman, Jim Gordon, James Gordon. I, I just, it's just such a different, this movie is such a different vibe to the other ones in the terms that they kind of, you can't really compare them, even though you want, even though it's like interesting to. to compare them, but it's like, it, they're just, they're very, very different. It's, um, I mean, in every aspect of these films, the way they depict Gotham is different director by director, the way they depict Bruce, the way they depict Alfred. There's so many different ways to look at this. I mean, let's start with positives. How about that? Some, I thought that the music was very good. I thought the Batman score was awesome. Um, you sent it to me last night, uh, how it was stuck in your head. I, may, for the most part, just loved the use of Something in the Way by Nirvana. I thought that was really cool. Your thoughts on the, the theme music, Peter? I thought the theme music was... I thought it would be overdone, but it just it wasn't. It still felt fresh and mm-hmm. just very raw each time it came up and just very I think as I took a step back the, the music almost added to this feel like I was watching like the animated Batman if that makes sense like it okay. just had this different feel to it and the music really added to it to the mm-hmm. so Matt aesthetic. Reeves directed Rogue One right he did yeah and I'm okay. pretty sure the dude who did the music for this did the music for Rogue One um, and one thing I saw online that I thought was cool was if you think about it, this Batman music is kind of like a stripped down version of the Imperial March. The Imperial March has more like 
half steps or like a couple more like notes or whatever in it but this if you, it's kind of like a broken down version of the imperial march which is cool interesting i mean there's definitely i guess correlation between batman and darth vader i mean darth mm-hmm. vader's dark situation yeah. i will say that right from the start the movie just draws you in i thought it very effectively yeah the they do a very good job in this movie and again folks this is wide ranging but they do a good job of kind of playing the Riddler and Batman off of one another in terms of like their stories are kind of going are they're like parallel parallel yeah that's what I mean like and so like you don't know in the scenes in the first scene whether that's the Riddler watching through a window whether that's Batman you you don't know and eventually you figured out it's the Riddler I mean one thing Peter in that first scene did you think that was the Waynes if we were just going to see the... For a second, I of, did. For a second, I was cringing. I was like, no, please, God, no. I don't want to see this done all over again. But I think to your note about the about how there was running two parallel stories is because later we see Batman watching Selina. So you still you have mm-hmm. those two bookended situations where they are very similar. And I thought, I mean, growing up from the orphanage storyline, I think mm-hmm. they really do have this opposite vibe and i did i liked it the way they did it i was concerned about how we would tie those back and forth but i think it worked Mm -hmm. and we'll get to character rankings like we usually do but um catwoman selena kyle zoe kravitz fantastic maybe the best part of this movie yeah i think i think she did a, a solid job of getting the nuances of catwoman to where She's not fully a villain, not fully a hero, and has that mm-hmm. back and forth with Bruce. I will say, though, I I did not really feel like there was a ton of chemistry between her and Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I know that's what they were really selling this movie on, but I just didn't. He's wearing a mask. Like it's was... tough. I know, and but he doesn't still, have a personality. Just... Let's talk I'm... about Robert Pattinson as Batman. What did you think? You know, I I was not mad about it after watching it. I was like, I under I can see this as Batman. I can I can get on board with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see what they're doing, and he's a good Batman, very brooding, and he's not a good Bruce Wayne. But I think that's the point. If that makes sense, he doesn't want to no, be I, Bruce yeah. Wayne. And I but, feel like it's almost like the reverse. Like Batman is who he is, and Bruce Wayne is the costume, the mask, so to speak. Yeah, um, but. In terms of his relationship with Alfred, it was kind of a little different, too, compared to other Batman, because it seemed like in all the other Batman animated movies, TV shows we've seen, Alfred's kind of been like an accomplice in a way with Batman, like like involved, helping him out. And in this one, that very much did not seem bad. Alfred was not involved on these missions. And the only time he's really involved, he gets blown up. Well, I mean, he does help him solve the ciphers, though, a little bit. Like, he did... Yeah. He was involved in that aspect. And it was just... Like, again, it was different... You're seeing different relationships between between Batman and Gordon, Batman, I mean, Bruce and Alfred. Like, you are seeing different dynamics. Mm-hmm. Because, again, we're, this is, like, the upteenth reboot of Batman. So they needed to do it in a different way. Yeah, and they're doing it from, like, a young Batman perspective. I thought a couple of cool things that jumped out to me... Um, the bat signal not being at GCPD, I think is actually fascinating because 
he doesn't have that level of trust there yet. Gordon doesn't have the power, the pull to pull that off. So I do like how they have it at some like random abandoned building, you know? No, that was cool. And it was cool to see the bat signal again. Like it was just a very, mm-hmm. it's like there's certain, like, again, like the theme, the bat signal, there's just certain things that are to Batman integral to the storyline. And if it's there, it really, it's a nice nerd check off. Like, great. There it is. I like that. It's good to see that. Yeah, and um, what's very important in Batman movies is uh, the cool Batman tech. I mean, that's always something that you look forward to seeing. And I thought in this movie, similar to how in The Dark Knight, they used that, like, crazy cell phone thing that allowed him to see everything. I thought that was really cool use of technology. And the way they used, like, the contact lenses for him to be able to either watch via Selena's perspective or be able to use it himself and then go back and look at all like the footage he got. I thought that was really, really cool. No, for sure. I think that was like, that was such a, it's like such an obvious technology, but it's like, of course, why haven't we used that more? And like, it was so cool to see it employed in this way and allow him to really get into situations because at first I was, when he was first at the initial crime scene and he was just wa- looking at things. I was like, why isn't he like taking or like taking pictures or something? And then it flashes to, you know, he did with his contact lens. So that was a really cool way of showing that Batman being smarter than yeah, the, like one step ahead. They really went in on the detective aspect of Batman. But at the same time, he wasn't a perfect detective by any means. He's definitely like learning. They make him and Gordon make a couple mistakes. I mean, it took him, he should have probably been able to figure out right away where the Riddler was because all these photos are being taken of people walking outside of this nightclub. And you'd just be like, huh, I wonder where that vantage point is and look up and you see it. So that's one thing it's actually, you see earlier in the film, um, I, I saw this online. I didn't catch it. I'm not acting like I'm, like I can see everything but basically it's this shot earlier in the film before they reveal where the Riddler is and it like pans to the nightclub and you see him in his window with a a camera yeah I didn't I mean I don't think I caught that either but I think that I think that's a great point though it's like he could have figured it out sooner he should have figured it out sooner but I think what's interesting is we go into so many of these Marvel movies like all these theories and these leaks and these spoilers that we have in our mind Mm -hmm. like we expect things to happen and here, we didn't necessarily have that, but at the same time, I felt like it was much more of, like, I knew where things were going. I knew it was Falcon. Than where, yeah, but more, and more so than when we Two know Marvel into the movies. Movie. It's, like, it was mm-hmm. an interesting, like, knowing of where we're going without having all that data to yeah. go off of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I thought they did a good job of that. I thought they did a really cool job of making Gotham seem like its own place i mean if you're i i don't think there's anything wrong with the christopher nolan movies but they kind of do base it off like chicago in some aspects pittsburgh um in this one they really made it seem like gotham as its own place which i thought uh i think that's cool because i hate when people say everyone always says this when they're talking about batman and i don't get it it's so cheesy of like gotham's its own character it's like okay yeah but um i mean i thought it was cool so. Well, I think, too, like, Go- Gotham is, like, metropolis in the sense, like, you need to have that. It needs to feel like you're in that world. More so than, like, when you're in a Marvel movie, you don't really need to feel like certain locations mm-hmm. are, maybe Asgard, that, like, you are in that place. But I think this, 
this vibe for Gotham was really something that felt it was very bleak. It just felt very, you know, you very visceral, very dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, the movie itself is incredibly just dark yeah. footage. I mean, but yeah, it was a good haunting perspective of Gotham, I thought. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important really quick just to get it out there on this podcast, basically, like essentially what happens in this movie is that the Riddler is an orphan. He grows up in an orphan that the Waynes, Thomas and Martha Wayne, are going to donate a billion dollars to this orphanage to help them. And what happens is, due to a bad story that's about to come out in the press about Thomas Wayne's wife, Martha, Bruce's mom, he tells Falcone, hey, don't let that journalist write that story. One thing comes to another, and that journalist dies. So Falcone has that over Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne then is going to go turn Falcone in. Him and Martha are killed, presumably, by Falcone. We don't know for sure. Alfred still doesn't. And then the criminal underworld of Gotham takes all the money out of that uh, billion dollars donated to the orphanage and basically uses it as a money laundering scheme so the orphans don't see any of the money. So the Riddler grows up and fucking hates the Waynes and Gotham and all this stuff. And he is exacting his revenge on the elite of Gotham by killing the mayor, the DA, and various other high-ranking city officials. Basically, and he has followers from a YouTube account. Is that what happened in the movie? Is that I feel like we had to summarize it a little, and that's basically how I do it. And Batman yes. goes and works with Selena Kyle to stop him. Like, yes, I think you did a great job of summarizing that. And I think I think a good point to go, to branch off from that is. We have once again the parents of Batman as being Ooh, a yeah. I want to talk about touchstone this. for Batman's character. I mean, he's probably got the most familial trauma of any hero out there. I mean, uh, I mean, Magneto's pretty bad. What happened to old Magneto? <laughs> May I mean, I mean, yeah, but I feel like, but for for point here, yeah, in DC yeah, world, good point. You good know, point. we've got the millions time we're, we're hearing about the death of his parents this time we are doing it to connection to arkham the arkham family and the wayne family coming together i like that world building i think that was it felt fresh it, and it felt like a, a really cool way that you can expand the world because it's it's mm-hmm. not predictable it's not his perfect parents anymore now his parents are mm-hmm. flawed and it was done way better than Amazing Spider-Man 2's yeah. Peter's oh, parents yeah. spies situation. Yeah, I thought what they developed um, with the Martha Wayne character of her kind of having this trauma from her childhood of her parents both killing themselves. And so her having to basically like she's like go check checking into like a mental institution or something and Thomas Wayne's trying to cover that up. And I like how that because okay. A lot of people I saw online are annoyed, like, oh, just make Thomas Wayne bad. They had to, like, not or they had to give him a saving grace or or so to speak. And I like that. I don't want Thomas Wayne to be a criminal. He can have, like, a darker past and have to have done some sketchy shit, but he's doing it to protect his family. And so I was, for one, I was glad that it came out that he's no, he's not a mobster. He was protecting his family. How were, how'd you react to that? Cause I saw some negative reactions to that. 
I was very I was very happy that he did have that lightness to him because I was like, if we go that he's a mobster and he's very close, like it felt just it then felt the Wayne name means nothing. Exactly. And it and has it just, to mean something. And it was like, and I think it worked perfectly into how we are doing this version of Batman where he's pivoting from the vigilante into a figure of hope at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a, by building out also the Arkham connection to Martha, you're able to, because that's where we're launching one of the spinoff series will be set at Arkham. So this way you now have that way of building off into it in a way that it's still connected back to Batman very organically, aside from just being where all the villains go. Now it's got a familial tie to it. Mm-hmm. And where they leave this movie is very, very exciting because you have the Riddler locked up in Arkham with the Joker. You have the Penguin, who is now going to be taking control because Falcone's gone. You have Catwoman, who's going to a place that I forget the name, but that's where Nightwing is from in the comics, who's a uh, not a bad guy, but not a good guy all the time. Um, and so... Wait, isn't Nightwing Nick Grayson? Yeah, but he goes bad a little, doesn't he? I've I've seen some Nightwing gone bad. I've seen that. Um, But the coolest thing to me is they're setting up this, like, no man's land type thing of Batman where the whole city of Gotham is, like, flooded and you're going to maybe get these districts of like this is the area the Joker runs, this is the area the Riddler comes or runs, the Penguin, etc. And that aspect is really cool to me because um, it's cool from the comics and the more the Gotham show. I bring it up every time. It has cheese. Yes, I understand that, but I thought it does such a cool job of building out Gotham, and they tackle so many different stories, and so. There is a season of Gotham that is essentially no man's land like this. And Bane eventually comes. and It's really good. But the the idea of setting up multiple villains in this world, and maybe they don't, because Reeve said the Joker is probably not going to be the next movie. But they're creating the world. And I think that's, it's a good step. It's a good starting point. I and I know. think. That made no it, sense. No, it totally did because. It really, there is. It's funny how DC wants to differentiate itself from Marvel, but still follows the Marvel playbook. Because now we're having, you know, the Penguin series is going to be one of the spinoffs from this, and Colin so they're going to make they're going to make it so that you have to watch the series so that they inform the movies. And if we are doing No Man's Land and fleshing out Gotham and where it goes, you're going to have to be going to look at the series to watch the movies, and it's really building things out in a different way for them since. DC has been mm-hmm. struggling to nail the landing. But I think if we are following those roads, then it's, it does allow for more to happen. It, the Joker thing does, it is a little frustrating to the fact that we put him in the ending, but then we're saying he's probably not going to be the Joker and it's probably not going to deal Friggin with the Joker. Friggin' Simu Lee needs to tweet out the night that happens, oh, OMG, Barry Keegan. But everybody I think everybody knew it, though. Knew he was rumored. You don't tweet, like, come on. You, you don't tweet the night Spider-Man comes out. Holy shit, Andrew Garfield. Is that it? No, I guess that makes sense. But also I think it's, it's like you get in one superhero movie and now you think you're fucking the talk of the town. I mean, Jesus, this guy's head's gotten so big so quickly. Sorry. If we're, you're not even in an Avengers movie yet. Stop calling yourself a fucking Avenger in every Instagram post. Sorry. To continue, go along with the social media posting and larger than life personas. 
If you noticed, The Rock also posted about this movie, how it's all enlisted, all the accolades and how great it is and how good it is. And it's like, we get it. It's about drive. It's about power. <laughs> but it just felt like such a dig at Marvel. And it's like, you don't, if you want to vote, it's like, do you DC Universe mm-hmm. and do that. Like, you don't need to be constantly comparing it and saying it's this to that. Because well, it doesn't like, even stand a chance comparing it. And so, so it's I just know, like, what are we doing? It, it's it makes me have to talk about these movies in a negative light, which I don't want to. Because, I mean, this really wasn't a negative experience. It was, it was just good. confusing. It was and it was... <laughs> there were parts that, I mean, we've talked about, we talked a little bit about this off the pod, about how it could have been, it felt very mini-series, you know? Like, it had, yeah. there could have been breaks in so many different places to kind of, to have, there were so many cliffhangers that then got resolved right away that it wasn't, mm-hmm. they weren't, they didn't feel worthy of being a cliffhanger. Yeah, there was also too many scenes of, like, a hero where he's about to get like shot in the face or punched and the villain is like holding up about to do it and they slow down time for a bit and you know they're going to get saved. And I feel like they did that 10 times. So maybe don't do that as much next movie. Um, Another thing I liked though, I loved the, like how every politician was corrupt and bought out because that's how the the world that we live in is. And Gotham isn't a fairy tale. That's real. Every politician in the world is bought out. So they're all scum. I'm like that we pointed that out. So. Well, I think if you are going with that realism, right? I mean, we definitely had we had the corrupt police also, and then the good police. Like you had the mm-hmm. two different sides to show this is how the world works, and then we have Riddler's whole motivating and up, his creating his uprising that he created of people, and how he even did that that final video where he, where he was like, "Thanks for the comments." Like it just felt very unnervingly real of like we could be the Riddler, the pineapple couch. We could have Riddler type fans and. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. We're yeah. Let's go through it like we do every time we see a movie and talk about the individual characters. We usually rank them out of 10, correct? Yes. Um, let's start with someone who we haven't talked too much about yet. And that says a lot because he's the villain of the movie. We don't see his face till the end. It is the Riddler, played by Paul Dano. Really quick before we get into his character... Another reason why DC will never be Marvel, and it's just not even close. Why the fuck did they put the scene of the Riddler getting arrested in the coffee shop in the trailer? It's like the peak of the movie, and you put it in the trailer. Like, what are you doing? Right? That's like putting the Iron Man snap in. Like, it's. What? It, it... It, it, that moment lost so much weight because it was like, I've seen this already, like multiple times. Like, what is happening here? It was just mind bogglingly stupid that they put that in the, like, what? Okay, but, d- but moving on from that, I mean, right, don't you think that's ridiculous? No, that's, like, that, that was, I, it's, but it's like, it's, you can't even try to process, understand. Like, it's like how you have you such put a good that example in? of how to it's 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 bizarre to me. I'm just I don't understand. Like no one in the studio during that time is like, hey, that's um like one of the biggest moments of the entire movie. The only let's time he reveals moment, his yeah. face. But let's maybe not put it in the trailer. Like, yeah, no, 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 no. This will be cool. But uh really quickly about that um the the scene though where he is getting arrested at that uh coffee shop marley what painting is that based off an edward hopper painting apparently that is very very like i don't know famous 
it's like that. Sh- it's b- based off that. And Marley showed me it was cool. So Edward Hopper. It's called Nighthawks. So for all our art fans out there, Marley does the graphics. Shout out to Marley. Um, okay, Riddler though. Things I liked, things I didn't like. I like the idea of him being like a 4chan Twitter troll that like is kind of realistic in the times we are now. Like that, the Riddler is definitely the type of guy who would be like fucking with Shia LaBeouf. Um, He would have been on January 6th out there. Oh, you never know. The Riddler, he, Jesus. Um, So I liked that aspect of it. um, But I also, I don't know. I kind of is like the like seventh best character in this fifth best character like he didn't it wasn't that great to me i don't know the idea of him was cool but him himself it was just kind of like okay i mean i i I, so i i was just like not i felt like we'd seen this type of villain before in cinema like i feel like you know wearing the mask with the talking with like the voice stick pot or breathy thing mm-hmm. like and then wearing the glasses over it and just it felt very like we've done this whole you know loner white male villain before it's like and it was like it didn't feel very i wanted riddler to be more unhinged in a way that and not feel like a depressed school shooter. I know that sounds fucked up to say, but that is the vibe I got from the Riddler. I mean, you're not you're wrong. You're not wrong. And just even the way he attacked he attacked his victims and like would wrap them with the with the masking tape. It didn't feel necessarily creepy or villainous. I mean, because what felt creepy and villainous about it was that it felt like a school shooter type of vibe. Like you just said, that's what made it creepy. Like him with the tape and stuff was like. Eh. Mm-hmm. The one cool thing i think the best scene of the riddler probably in this entire movie is when they michael myers him in that first scene where it's like you see the he's hiding in the dark with that curtain you know and then the tv lights up so you see the glimpse of him and he comes out of the shadows to kill the mayor thought that was like cool just basically straight michael myers so i mean you're a halloween fan yeah and i think that's why to me it felt like i've seen this before Mm-hmm. Like it does. I was like, I was like, so what am I watching exactly? Because I, it's like, okay, he's in the house now. He's there, or he's in the car when he was in the car with the DA. Like that. What that's it, like you said, it's Michael Myers, and it's like, okay, there's the Riddler. So, but it's but then again, he wasn't as violent as Michael Myers. Mm-mm. So it didn't even feel. I think that's another thing about this movie. The violence felt very lackluster. If, I mean, it's that's hard, not even yeah. the right word, but just like for a DC movie. Even for a Marvel movie, I felt like I would have seen something that was more, I don't know, it just felt, like, off slightly. Yeah, and maybe that's the way, because it's, like, everything's in the shadows and it's raining, and maybe that's the approach they're going for. One thing on the Riddler, though, that I, like, feel is, I don't even feel like we got a full Riddler. Like, I feel like that's just the beginning of this character. In a way, you know what I mean? Like, we didn't get that much of him. Like, this He's is not... before Riddler goes into the wearing green question marks. Yeah, this lives. is, like, the Riddler's origin story, I guess, which is... If that's the case, then I, I think that will... So I think this is something that in sequel, third movie, etc., will be, will feel, feel better about certain things. Yeah, and because they said right a comeback felt... story, so... It just felt very textbook villain. It didn't feel very... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, what, with, what would you rank him? Uh, so, villains. I mean, there's not. And the hard part is there's no like comparison in mind between villains. Like, 
I'd say like six out of ten. You took the words right out of my mouth, which doesn't even surprise me. But yeah. I mean, six is like a question mark upside down anyway, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Um, how did we feel about the Penguin, played by Colin Farrell? I think kudos to Colin Farrell because, I mean, I had just seen him do an interview on the Kelly Clarkson show and, like, mm-hmm. I'd seen him on TV and stuff. Then to watch him here, I was like, that's not the same person. So, like, kudos to the costume design yeah. and everything because he felt like the Penguin. Like, like, well, actually, like a grittier comic book villain. Like, less joke. Another origin story, too. Yeah. I liked what they did with him. They're setting him up... Um, the more and more I'm thinking about this movie as we're discussing it, the more and more I'm realizing, like, this is an origin story for everything. Kind of, They're setting up such a big world. And so, like, this is DC, though, having sometimes too big of aspirations. So you never know. have a three-hour movie. It's a world mm-hmm. film. That's, it's kind of hard to, to stick the landing and not mm-hmm. leave people confused after the movie. Yeah. Um. So what? where are we at with Penguin? Like, seven and a half out of ten? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, does I mean not that? Yeah, not crazy good though. I mean, but it still felt like a villain. It felt comic book. It felt not. It felt like it didn't feel like a. So whereas Batman's villains can feel very camp, I guess for lack of a better mm-hmm. word, I think he was the right grounded this universe version of a penguin. Yeah, mm-hmm. they didn't make him um, a joke. That's when they, like, realized all the villains. Like, the Riddler's not as much of a... I mean, he's a dork or a nerd, but he's not as corny, I guess. Um, So I'm curious to see what they'll do with the Joker in terms of that. Uh, But that I don't think we're going to expect anytime soon. Um, Okay, next person. Gordon. I really liked Gordon. I really thought he was awesome. And I just like the way that their dynamic really worked in the way of, like, the other cops are kind of like, why are you bringing him in here? Like, the other commissioner was like, why is he here? Like, it just, it was a great organic way to bring us into the middle of Batman already being a crime fighter without having to tell us, oh, this is why they're, they work together. This is why he does mm-hmm. this. This is, so it didn't feel redundant. We're telling the same story all over again. Yeah, I have a nine and a half out of ten. I, I thought he was fantastic. Performance. Um, we'll do this. We'll split this into two. But um, Robert Pattinson as Batman first. What score would you give? I I honestly would say eight and a half to nine. Okay. I was I was very much. It worked for me. It worked in a way that didn't feel like I'd seen it before, but also mm-hmm. it didn't feel like abstract like this isn't batman i would give him a nine as batman or an eight and a half as batman and i would give him a six as bruce and but that's the point i guess but no but i think that's then that's right i think because you have him as bruce and it's it's still very much origin story and it's very much like towing that line of angsty like Mm-hmm. Like, when he didn't want to be involved with the Wayne anymore, he just wanted to focus on Batman. He didn't want... I mean, but then when he saw he saved the kid, I think that's what really helped him. Yeah, that, that, was, a good, that was a good beat. That was a good beat. Um, what would you rank Selena? I'd say 10. Yeah, I think, I think she was the solid introduction for a villain that we've seen many, many times. 
but also at the same time, it felt fresh. It felt true to the comics. And then today, I don't know if you were saw online that she talked about how she wasn't even considered for the Dark Knight Rises when she tried to audition. Yeah, I don't like stories like that. It's like <laughs> you just got cast as it, and now you're gonna go complain about something ten years ago that you didn't get it. You just fucking got it. Shut up. Your dad's Lenny Kravitz. Jesus Christ. Ten out of ten, though. Great performance. <laughs> yes. I mean, but come on, isn't that weak? It's it's always interesting. It's I mean, so it's- petty. It's like shut the fuck up. I mean, it's an DC has such an interesting press tour whenever they do press tours. So. It's unreal. Um, Falcone. I give like a nine out of ten. I thought that was pretty good. I wish we. I, I I don't know if I wish we got more. I guess he would be cool. Like if we did a, a a show on HBO Max, like of before this movie, maybe, and we see the rise of Falcone. I would enjoy that. No, I can, I can get behind that. I think. I think it's just a lot of times because, and so I, I watched it in an IMAX or whatever so that I could mm-hmm. see it like with as bright as possible because yeah, it was same, darker. Actually, it was extreme is what I saw it in or something. Yeah, it just... It, chairs it, were vibrating. I, I didn't have that experience, but I do, that would have been a fun experience, I think, for a certain scene that we haven't talked about yet. But, yeah, um, let's talk about it. So when this, that scene actually, maybe hopefully we're thinking the same thing, but this scene actually honestly gave me such a moment of the, first, the word that comes to mind is just, like, glee. Like, just to see the Batmobile that, yeah. okay. crash Make through. That was so sick it, to me. It was awesome. I loved how it was, like, a like exposed engine. Like, felt like he had, like, nitrous in it. Um, just, like, kind of bulky, too. Yeah, it I felt really, like, the, like the animated series in the yeah. comics. Like, it felt like... And then to hear that it was an actual vehicle, not animated when it goes mm-hmm. through the fire and stuff that makes it seem even i guess cooler in a sense too because it just felt very i don't know it felt very not fast and the furious cartoonish more just like grounded wait till the end of the movie for us to talk about the fast and the furious that's a little tease um yeah batmobile i mean i'd give that like a 10 out of 10 if we're I mean, yes, but I, well, yeah, I was assuming the Batmobile was going to be considered a character. So yeah. And I like the fact that he wasn't driving it perfectly. Like, there was still, like, some issues with maneuvering it and mm-hmm. going in that chase. Like, it wasn't perfect. And it was cool, like, you know how we talked about last week on the prep for this, how Bruce was into street racing? So knowing that and seeing the car, thought that was pretty cool. Honestly, uh, I'm so glad you did that because it, it so much felt much more gratifying to watch with like oh say i know this i know this i know and it's like when they go to the man the orphanage that's burnt down you know like because they don't say oh it's burnt like you know what happened like it actually i'm glad yeah i'm glad we looked at that um what would you rank alfred at uh andy circus the director of venom claw in the mcu you know it's interesting to see him because i always think of him as smeagol whenever i see him on screen oh my god wow that just ruined it for me (laughs) what Oh Jesus! Why did you say that? I mean, you should be able to. You thought you could have the same experience that I have watching. Where oh, I'm just like, fuck. I did like him in it. I felt like he was. I thought he was good though. Yeah, that's the only like I would put him at what like a seven out of ten, and that's only really because he was underused. Get my guy some more playing time, a little more shots. Yeah, and His I thought it was a nice Easter egg to the '66 series with the Shakespeare bust in the mm-hmm. office. That was a and, nice yeah. And I thought the, um, okay, we want to know something controversial. The best Alfred of all time is the one from the fucking Gotham show. 
it is unreal the character development they give that Alfred because he's younger, he's a badass too. Um, and what th- this Andy Circus did give me a it reminded me of that Alfred in two ways. One, they kind of mentioned how he used to be like special forces, and two, the relationship he has with Bruce in saying of like of him telling him like I don't I I I tried everything like I I failed but like you're all I care about you're all I have I know I'm not describing it that well but that conversation they had where he expresses that to Bruce and how yes he's not a Wayne but I just that really sold him for me that's all I needed interesting I think yeah I I have no I mean, I haven't seen Gotham, so I feel like I'm at a disadvantage here with certain things. But I did like the connection to where, because I felt like some of those lines could have landed wrong, like the "you're not my father," or the cufflinks. Those certain things could have not worked, but they worked in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Um, so yeah, Alfred around seven out of ten. Um, last character off the yeah for for the most part. Um, initial impression. Of the Joker. Honestly, I would say a nine. Because yeah. I felt like again, it wasn't it wasn't the same. And it wasn't like the comical vibe of Joker. It was very much like someone who fell in the vat of chemicals mm-hmm. and was messed up because of that. Like it just reminded was... Yeah, it reminded me, sorry. Um there's these Batman Arkham Asylum games. There's like three of them and they're very popular. And the Joker has like a kind of distinct vibe in that. Gave me, I know we barely saw him, but I got a little of those vibes, which I will, I, very good stuff, Peter. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to introduce him without introducing, like, again, this movie is doing the introductions and similar to how, I guess, Homecoming did. Mm-hmm. Where it was just like you already you act as if these worlds were already established and you're just being plopped into them and experiencing it. Has our bat has Robert Pattinson Batman fought this Joker yet? And that's why the Joker's in prison. I think so. I think that's part of it, and I think that that's because allegedly there was a, there's a scene that was cut that was in the test screening where he interacts where he goes to visit the Joker to try to figure out how the Riddler thinks. Hmm. So people it, saw that in the test screen. That would have been too much. But it wasn't here. And yeah, I think that that again. But again, every, there was a lot in this out. movie that was a bit much. I will say it's interesting again that I feel like more so with DC, you, you're more, they're more blatant. Or I guess not blatant, but like with their biblical comparisons oh, yeah. to, to the character. Like when Batman was carrying the flare and like marching through the water, very like Again, Moses. Moses. And, but usually we see it with like Superman, mm-hmm. but not so much with Batman. But I think because we are flipping Batman more into this hope figure, it makes sense to kind of go to those roots of the characters. Does the Riddler know Bruce Wayne is Batman? Because he's saying that name in the cell, and you can tell Batman doesn't know if he knows. Is does he know and he's just playing with him more? I think he knows. I mean, based on the way they showed us the lair with him, with him in his choir robe, glaring oh, at Bruce. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but again, also that just it was it, it was okay. Like I got it, but also it didn't feel villain esque. It just again felt 
disenfranchised individual with a vendetta. Yeah. As opposed to, like, uber big bad. Because even his big plan, I was kind of like, okay. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like the stakes were really there. Yeah, that's why I kind of feel like this is him as an origin story, too. It's like he's not fully the Riddler yet. But I don't know. It's hard to to make those judgment calls, though, because it's they're kind of going for like what maybe a realistic approach or somewhat realistic approach for Batman. So it's hard to tell from what we're used to, you know. And I think it's interesting, too, that we have this Batman universe existing. And because it's Warner DC doing this, we're about at the end of the year, we're going to have Michael Keaton as Batman again. We're going to get to the ratings of Batman in a second. Um, one thing I really didn't like was the scene in the uh, at the end of the movie where they drive away on the motorcycles, Batman and Catwoman, like Fast and the Furious. thought that was really bad and really cheesy. Did not want it. Saw it coming. was like begging in my head, please don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And they did it. It didn't feel... It's, again, you have one movie of, of him and her interacting, you're supposed to believe. And then again, the fact that this movie takes place in one week. Yeah. Is what also is like, he, he can't have him feelings that quickly. That, I mean, it just, it wasn't earned. It wasn't an earned moment. And it's like, you didn't need to give me that for me to feel like they had a connection. Like It's just cheesy. It's just cheesy, you know? Like, as simple as that. Um, Okay. This is something that I've seen a lot of people talk about as well. They're comp- it, I think, first of all, you can't say this is the best Batman movie ever. You, if you're saying that, you're just fucking wrong. Nothing's better than The Dark Knight. That needs to be said. But the question that a lot of people are talking about is, what's better? This intro to Batman with Robert Pattinson, the Batman, this one, or Batman Begins with Christian Bale? Seem a lot of people are leaning Pattinson. Peter, I'm here to tell you this. It is not remotely even close. Batman Begins is 10 times better than this movie. 50 times better. It's Matt Reeves. Great job, buddy. You're not Christopher Nolan. Robert Pattinson. Great job. You're not Christian Bale. It's Andy Serkis. Great job. You're not Michael Caine. Like... You're not, they don't have Raza Ghoul, Liam Neeson, like, and it's such a bigger scope, too. He travels the world, he fights with ninjas. It, I thought that was, as I'm talking it through and remembering more of it, I think it's like way better, way better than this. But like, th- those are like the best superhero movies of all time, kind of, in my opinion, the Dark Knight trilogy. But I don't think this is, people are saying this is better than Batman Begins. What are they smoking? Can I have some of it? So, I don't disagree necessarily. I do feel like this movie accomplished a lot and got a lot of out of, got a lot out of the way in that one movie. So I feel like in that regard, we had that. We didn't have because I feel like a, a kind of a misstep in the Batman Begins is the whole um, Katie Holmes situation. I feel like or someone gets work. recast. Yeah. So I mean, but so, I mean, Rachel's a pretty important part of Batman's story. Right, but then it's it's just I, I feel like this movie is it's too soon to be making those comparisons. 
there are comparisons that say you're living where we're living in a time where we've got the greatest Batman, greatest Spider-Man in the same sentence. That doesn't go together at all. It's it. it what? Tom Holland's not the best Spider-Man, and it, Robert Pattinson is not the best Batman. What are we talking about? I think I think people. So here's why I think this movie is getting so much praise. Also, what? because we haven't had a DC hasn't had a win since Aquaman. So well, Zack Snyder's Justice League was a win, but that's not considered. Oh part yeah, of the canon. Yeah. You can't. You can't bring it in. So therefore, when you haven't had Batman since Christopher Nolan, you because you're considering that Affleck doesn't count. That's yeah, that's I so think screwed. Why. But I think I don't think it's up there with it. But I think it it's a solid contribution to the Batman legacy. Mm-hmm. And one thing I saw was like people saying, "Well, this sets up so much more." It's like, what are you fucking talking about? The Batman Begins sets up the Joker, sets up the League of Shadows. Like, I don't know. I think people need to remember that. Let's talk about individual Batmans. And I don't want the end of this might sound like I'm shitting on the Batman, but I've just saw universal praise for this. And if I were to rank, where does Robert Pattinson rank amongst actors who have played Batman? Number one is Christian Bale, and it's very easy. I think number two is Michael Keaton. I don't for sure think Pattinson's even better than Affleck. So I I honestly, though, would, I think I would put him at number two. I would put Pattinson at two in his portrayal of Batman. In over Keaton. Over Keaton, I think. Just edging it out. Just because it felt... It felt truer to the comics, I think. I felt like it. I felt like it was... There was just this... That he was a hero and was able to do it on his own, but it wasn't perfect. And it's still like, yes, yeah, so... And it, it just it had that vibe of, like, mm-hmm. imperfect Batman beginning situation where I didn't... I, th- I thought it was good. I would give it rank, too. Because Affleck, we didn't get enough of his to fully see mm-hmm. what he could do. So I'll do. say three. Then, I'll say three. Uh, but I'm, we'll I see what happens after we see Michael Keaton in Flash. And it doesn't even matter, really. It matters. It's just when you look at those old, when you watch those Keaton Batman movies, the dude is fucking stud. It's. But I feel I, I honestly feel like Pattinson is, is a better Bruce Wayne than Keaton's Bruce. Wayne. What? You need. Like, Bruce, why, felt, why are people celebrating that Bruce Wayne is not going to like parties with models? Why are we celebrating that? That was sweet. I liked when Bruce Wayne did that. Like, what? Bruce Wayne can't be fucking sweet. He's rich. He doesn't have to be depressed. He can be balling out. And I like that. I don't get why we have to love, like, oh, he's he's depressed. He wears makeup. He does. He's not that big. Blah, 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 blah. He doesn't go out in public. Yeah, that's all cool, but I I, I like appreciate it. Okay, so here's another thing to that point. I appreciate that we didn't have the traditional superhero training montage situation because i feel like it's been done that's fine so many times ninjas was cool though the ninjas in batman ninjas was cool but if you think back to like ben affleck training to go fight superman like it was like okay i get it it's a terrible movie i don't need to see it yeah so it's like it worked screwed (laughs) don't you think he got screwed no i mean what's interesting is after this movie i thought to myself so this was supposed to be his movie I think it could have worked. 
it would have been it would have been the older Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm so, fine with that. Not the young Batman story beginning situation. Again, I don't mind an older Batman because it allows us to reach the point similar with Iron Man where he's fighting an alien rather than getting out of a cave in Afghanistan. True. I mean, but it's, I mean, you can't, it's, 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 you, it's hard to compare. What I will say was interesting was, I don't know if before your movie, they should, for ours, they showed a bunch of trailers mm-hmm. and uh, fucking rock trailers, but the, the DC one was just like awful. Nothing felt exciting in there. I was more excited about the Elvis trailer than the DC slate of what's coming. Yeah, I agree completely. DC just, and Cret, this is a good movie. This was good. I'm like, I went and saw it immediately. I enjoyed it. I, I, we did see it pretty quickly, which is yeah. interesting. Um, there's a lot to like about this movie. And I. But- I like that they're going for a trilogy or they're building out a universe. I love that shit. I just hope they do it well. And I think it's just when you start, though, with a three hour movie, how do you tape? How do you? And then the rumors that there's a four and a half hour cut of this movie. I heard that was false. That He said that this is his cut, the three hour one. I mean, I've seen both maybe, things, so I don't oh, know. I trust but, you more than me, honestly. But, I, but it's like, what? But again, there were parts in this that were just so slow so slow that i'm like it but what's interesting though is that even though there were parts in this that were slow it doesn't make me at all concerned for a close to three hour doctor strange too yeah not at all one thing i will say after i saw this was i don't remember where i finished my my hype rankings for projects this year i know initially i had batman at one but then I replaced it with Doctor Strange. When I was leaving the Batman, I was like, Thor will be better than this. Well, Thor's also going to be wildly differently tonally than this. Or wildly tonally it's different true. than this. People probably think I'm such like a soft MCU shill. But it's like, I don't know. I, I'll, I, Christian, like it's tough. How I was explaining it to people I was talking to about it after was, how would you feel if they recast robert downey jr and we had a new iron man and everyone's telling you how fucking great it is that's how i feel it's like christian bale's batman i maybe i'm old and i'm dumb but like to me like it's ingrained in my brain that christian bale is batman i'm talking to my dad after and he was like how was it i was like it was good it was like he's just not as good as bale and my dad was like well of course not like bale just did it perfectly so for me and to each their own, everyone. Some people, like, sure, if you like Pattinson's portrayal more, I get it. Everyone likes different things. Some people don't like the billionaire Bruce Wayne with the models. I do. I think it's funny. And to me, it, I just, it's bail. And I guess one of the big takeaways from seeing this movie and enjoying it was just like, holy shit, Christian Bale was so good. And that's not even a shot at Pattinson, even though it really sounds like one. You brought up an interesting point. That, like you mentioned it to your dad, and he he's you know he said that you know it's you can't really compare them. Basically, what did some? So I'm assuming Marley isn't as into this as you are. No, she liked I, it. I but right, no, but I mean, oh, but yeah, I, she had no god no, the level of, that we yeah. talk about things. Uh-huh. So she did she have the similar same, and she enjoyed it. Yeah, or was it just kind of like she enjoyed it? 
Um, I the consensus of the group I saw with was that Bales were better. Maybe that was me being annoying because right after we walked out, I was like, Bales was better. Maybe that, but that was the consensus of the theater. I even felt like I like talked to some random dude when we were walking out. So, I what mean, I thought what, was interesting that there were some clapping moments in my movie. Really? People were clapping. I forget where, but there was, I think the Batmobile was one of them, which makes sense, but there was some other stuff that I was like. The Joker, probably. Yeah, I don't think people knew who he was in my showing. I think people were just kind really? of. Really? Like, the clown thing didn't get everyone? I don't think so. Oh, there just, were lots of little kids, though, in my showing, too, which is bizarre oh, to me. Sucks. Um, did you see uh, New Rock Stars? They broke down, like, the Riddler's code of, like, all his symbols. Well, they, go ahead. And at the end of the movie, like, they they say goodbye, question mark, and they're, like, code typing, and then they give you a website. Mm-hmm. And basically, they deciphered everything to where they have every letter of the alphabet deciphered, but J. Mr. J, the Joker, is presumably why. Did you see that? I didn't see that. I did see that the message had been like people have decoded the message and stuff on the website and stuff. Mm-hmm. And okay. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, all right. Like, I was like, I, I didn't even stay to see that post credit scene because I was like, I knew what it was. And I was like, it's not like, give me the post credit scene where we find Wanda in, with Doctor Doom, or give me the post credit scene where we see. Thanos. It's like it's like okay, like what villain would you like to see in the next uh installment of the Matt Reeves ba- Batman? And I think we're both assuming Joker not next one and I think to bring the Riddler back Bane in the next in this one. I do too. We should talk that about that. Green. So but at one point which is a weird moment because Selena's getting beat up by Riddler's goons, I guess, mm-hmm. and Batman's like lying there and he like can't really do anything because he's just been shot in the so chest he, with a shotgun. He pulls out this little vial of green adrenaline, supposedly, injects himself with it, and very viscerally like attacks the Goes rogue. dude. And is like the most violent we've seen in the movie, theoretically, mm-hmm. I guess. And and then he like has to like chill out. But I am seeing online people are speculating that that's. Part yeah, of Venom's situation. Bane, that definitely Bane, could be sorry, Bane's Venom anymore. Um, what's interesting about that, Peter, is uh, I was talking to you about Gotham, and I was saying how, like, basically it turns into no man's land, like it is at the end right now. You know who the, gets sent in to clean it all up? Bane. I just, just, I just, I just, as you Bane said that, was Jim Gordon's former. Like, they were in the military together. But see, as you said that, and you were like, you know, according to, you know, Gotham and all these different things, that's like, DC is just so scattered about that nothing's, the fact that nothing's connected. Mm-hmm. Like, that this isn't connected to Flash, and isn't connected to Wonder Woman, and isn't connected to Shazam, or to, like, anything. Thank God it's not connected to Shazam. I actually like that movie, but that's for a later conversation. All right, all right. Um, I just, I think that it's like, we're so blessed in the MCU with our interconnectedness that we're doing because yeah you know we have things that work that aren't part of this and things that don't work that are part and it's just i'm trying to think of other like mr freeze uh matt reeves said he'd be interested in doing i think mr freeze could be cool if you i mean if it's this grounded version um do we get harvey dent 
Now that we don't have it. Yeah, game. they should do that soon. He's great. Um, they could they could also do like Poison Ivy or. I don't think they'll do another Croc. villain though. Why not? Because you've also got Birds of Prey two happening. But they're not even in the same universe. But you're still having separate characters, and you is Poison Ivy and Birds of Prey? I think they're rumor allegedly that might be one of the Jesus. What are they talking about? What are they doing? That's (laughs) dumb. DC's got a lot going on. Well, one thing that I'm thinking about in terms of what villain we could see in the next movie, and I'm actually curious what you think, and I'm curious what how the shows will handle this. At the beginning of the next movie, is Gotham still flooded? Or do we get a time jump, you mean? Yeah, because that, I feel like, could drastically change who's the villain. Like, wouldn't... I don't know. So I think if we're having Penguin come out in between the two movies, if we're having Arkham come out in between the movies, then yes, there is a bit of a jump that shows us a Penguin-established syndicate of sorts. And he is the villain, but has obviously a lot of goons fighting for him in some way. And I think, and I think that could open the door to Harvey being in there and interacting, and that it ends with Harvey's disfiguration potentially. The Penguin fucks up Harvey. Harvey goes rogue. The Riddler and uh, whatever his name get out. Uh, Joker. I don't know. There's a lot of ways they could take this. It's very exciting. I- Do we get a Dick Grayson in the next one? Do we get a Robin? Um, I hope not. But they sure seem to zoom in on that kid with the, his face painted half white for a very long time. That was in that, like, gang. And he stopped the dude from shooting at Batman, and he got some unnecessarily long amount of screen time. So that very much feels like that, what they could they, they could be doing that. Because I think the other option would be, like, the mayor's kid, the mayor who died. Mm-hmm. But he's really fucking young. He's like well, seven. Well, in the comics, is it Robin super young also? Well, one of the Robins is young. Yeah, I just don't think they're going to go the Logan route with him being like with a super young. I think they would have it be like a, a Robin that's a couple years younger than him or something. But on the... On I just don't want Robin, though. I Fuck feel Robin. Like Robin's Logan a terrible shows character. That that's possible. Yeah, it shows that it's possible. I don't see it working in Gotham. And it's, I think it's just weird that if we get a, a character here, because we're supposedly getting Nightwing in Batgirl. So... Is Batgirl connected to this? No, that's Keaton. Batgirl is set in Keaton's universe. I mean, I'm honestly considering... I don't think I'm going to see any DC movie besides these, like, Matt Reeves Batmans. You have to watch We'll have this discussion outside of the podcast. I, I like what. Which one do I want to watch that's coming out? I don't really want to see the Flash. We're going. Well, let's see. We need to watch these so that we can give our opinion and our takes and help <sighs> educate people on why they're good or not so good. Because we have watched it's torture, torture. A I'm plethora of movies. I might take a vacation when Miss Marvel airs on Disney Plus and which Peter is the Watt. next trailer that allegedly that we're getting. FYI. Yeah, uh, my mic's not going to be working that day to do the trailer breakdown. It's wild how that technology works out. I'm kidding. Not really, though. <laughs> no, not at all. I really am not looking forward to that. Um, Peter, any other just general thoughts on this film before we wrap up? Well, I'm I'm obviously going to be seeing it twice more because I have to watch it with 
the fam when it hits HBO Max because they don't really feel like seeing it in theater when it's like three plus. What hours. you said, forty five days. Forty five days because part of their release window, which I wonder how that will affect their box office bottom line. If they're so concerned about that, I want that's a very interesting decision. I will not be seeing it in theaters again. I will watch it when it comes out on HBO Max. So I think my sister wants to go watch it, so I think I have to bear through it one more time and see. I mean, I mean, it's like not. It's not that I mind seeing it again, but I'm also just like. I would not want to see it again. I, 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 that's weird because I saw Spider Man like six times, but it would just be like, ah. Spider Man is different. But I mean, there's just certain movies that I've seen that I will see. Like I saw Halloween a couple of times. I saw the new Scream a couple of times. There's certain ones that I will see a couple of times because they're a good time. It's. It's, it's got to be like an all timer to get me to go see it multiple times. Like Spider Man is the only movie I've ever seen in theaters more than once. Until Doctor Strange comes out. Yeah, that, that could be true. That could be true. I'm very excited for that movie. Um, well, all in all, good Batman movie. Um, honestly, if you were to tell me like before, like a year ago, like, hey, the Batman's going to come out. It's not going to be as good as the Bales, but it's going to be good. And it'll set up some cool stuff. I think I'd take that because I am DC's just inept. So the fact that we are getting this. And, like, honestly, we talk about how we like the connected universes and how, like, oh, it's weird that it's not connected to this. Maybe that's a blessing. Maybe just getting tied into all that shit just makes your ship burn down and sink faster. Maybe just being out on your own island. Reeves saw the success that Nolan had in his trilogy of just being like, don't. (laughs) I'm not talking about anything else. And maybe that's the approach he's taking. And I don't blame him because history has shown us that that's kind of the case. Well, I mean, and to that that point, there are there are those pictures from the set that didn't come out of the costumes of Superman and Wonder Woman that people were wearing at Halloween. So, wait, really? See, yeah, there's set pictures that show the Halloween revelers, and there are people in Wonder Woman costumes and Superman costumes. So, so this is like an Easter egg. Maybe, or maybe it's that we're going to get another Superman and another. Wonder Woman casting, or maybe we're going to connect it to the other ones after Flashpoint. <laughs> it's exhausting I just, out there for I, a DC fan. I don't like Superman. I recently had on TV Batman vs. Superman was on. And I will say, Affleck's better than Cavill in that movie. Not really close. Cavill's oh, because- really good in the first Superman, but... Affleck, that there are parts of him in Zack Snyder's Justice League and in uh, Batman vs Superman. Batman vs Superman, horrendous film. I understand. There are parts Affleck, I think, nails it in some parts, and I, for one, I would have liked to seen Bat and Affleck get a get this movie or a movie like that, and then do Pattinson later on. I don't know. That's just been something I've really been thinking about. Because I think he was a good Batman. So I have a few points to that because one, I think, yeah, Cavill in that movie had like nothing to do with it. The Superman it was dumb. Visually, he looks like Superman. Yeah. That that was checked. Affleck did, as you said, he had some moments that were really great and moments that were just really like cringe. And I mean, that movie was I think one of the higher points was Wonder Woman's arrival. Yeah. In I mean, that incredibly I... stupid battle. Yeah, I what I I guess one thing I liked about that is it's kind of reminded me like 
of how they were evolving Ben Affleck's Batman. They hadn't earned it yet, but it was cool how he was kind of Iron Man-esque of how he's adding things to his armor and he's taking on these big, like, uh, he's making his armor so he could fight a person like Superman, where it has, like, how Tony evolves to fight Thanos and stuff like that. That's, I don't know. I, I just keep going back to that. That's quite the statement to make. Okay, I'm not saying he's as good as Iron Man, but I'm just saying what but they still, do with the with the adding of technology to his suit in that movie. It's like Iron Man. It's like Spider Man, and like it's like how their suits just would evolve. And I don't know. I, I enjoyed seeing that. I don't think that's crazy. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Getting, I'm getting the getting a stink eye right now, folks. Not a stink eye. A very skeptical stink eye, I would say. Um. All right. Sorry for being a little negative. Enjoyed the movie. Enjoyed the breakdown. Um, Christian I Bale. do have one final closing thought for the movie. If, as you said, you enjoyed it. If I were to watch this at home, I think I would have spent a lot of time on my phone. God, yeah. Because you figured out it was Falcone in the first three minutes of the movie. It's like, why are you interviewing like, oh, this oh, person? Okay. It's not them. It's not them. That's how, in my head, the whole movie. It's like, nope. Nope. And also, Rat with Wings obviously a bat and i and i knew that he was selena's dad like that was not even a surprise yeah like, that was incredibly odd i thought that that was known like so when she revealed it i was like oh thought we all knew that <laughs> <laughs> like i thought it was just assumed um all right well peter a pleasure as always we'll be back this thursday seven ish live yep. on youtube we are going to be starting with Stranger Things. So, though I do have to say, we allegedly may be getting Kenobi in the next coming days. All right. Well, if that comes out, we'll be starting with that. But I promise we're gonna we'll go a little longer this week if we have to to get some Stranger Things talk in. Everyone I will go subscribe eat to the yeah. Peter will eat before. Um, everyone goes subscribe to the Pineapple Couch on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Leave a five star review with a question if you want us to answer it on the show. Love you all. Have a great week. God bless. Peter, thanks for, thanks for joining. Happy to be here. See you guys.